0: Big hand off. he'll throw it on second down, deep down the middle, wide open man, Akeem Butler over the shoulder catch. It's gonna be a single touchdown. That's a little moxie about him, doesn't it? He absolutely does. You saw how fired up his sideline was, and they're gonna be elated for this. Party to the end zone!
1: Because yeah, good's good. But what's elite in the elite moment? Don't don't tell me what you've done. Go back into the critical moments and tell me what you should have done when you had the opportunity to do it. That's what elite is. That's what warriors do. That's what champions do.
0: Welcome to the Whitecast. Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of the Wide Right and Addy Lightcast. Uh, The end of October and the beginning of November. A a little bit of a different note on the football field, but we got some other stuff to talk about this week too. As uh, basketball season is officially here, I'm Austin Keeney. I'm joined by Matt Nelson. And uh, Matt, a happy basketball season to you. Two wins yesterday for the Cyclones. You were at the men's game. I want to start here. I want to talk positive before we get into football. So after seeing the men's team in person yesterday, are you thinking final four or are you willing to go all the way to, we're going to win the national championship this year?
1: Even further Kenny NBA title. How's that
0: Denver nuggets hot seat.
1: That's right. Um, What a performance. And I was indeed there with my kids. Kenny. we made it about, well, let's see. How long do we make it a half? before we had to go home. So seven o'clock games, uh, that's bound to happen all the same. We had a terrific time. Uh, We'll, we'll be doing again. And what, what a, what a fun, what a fun start to the season. I know it's just one game, Kenny, but national title people, people are asking.
0: Trying to be realistic because green Bay, not a good basketball team, but also, we scored 49 points in the first half. We scored 41 points in the entire game against Pitt in the uh, NCAA tournament. I saw that number getting thrown around a lot. So hard not to be impressed. Just I, I want to know from from your perspective, you know, seeing it in person. The big story of the night was uh, Mom Chili. I think is what we're going to go with for now as a nickname. Yes. Right? Uh, six of seven from three, 18 points. Just the star of the show started which I was not expecting and uh, came out and played great. So in person, Matt, your perspective on, on seeing mom, chili in person, mm. mom, chili, is he, is be he him? Does he have the it factor
1: mom? Him-y. Um Correct. He, he has the him factor. Um, Kenny, he's way, way bigger than I thought. Um, like way taller and also just like physically you know maybe better a better specimen than i had thought um he's quicker than than that, you know i may be expecting to see from a freshman coming in right away and did a little bit of everything Keeney. rebounded played defense hard not to be impressed with the way that he played um, in that opener and Keeney, can i i mean we can we can uh, engage expand this to the, to the rest of the roster but um before i do that your your thoughts your thoughts on mom chili did you did you see it the way i did
0: well i so you watched the first half i watched most of the first half i knew we were in for something when i uh, like the very first basket of the game for iowa state was a three that he just canned i didn't know he was that good of a shooter i i had heard that he was just like a really good offensive player kind of like Uh, a less refined version of George Niang to throw the player comp out there that I think everybody else will. I didn't know he was going to shoot that well. So that's a game changer. If he's going to be able to hit threes with that level of consistency. I mean, I was really impressed. He looked like he belonged out there. Absolutely. But then again, we're playing green Bay. So I I will be really interested, really interested to see what he does the first time we take a step up in competition.
1: Yeah. And you know, Green Bay is not great. You know, new coaching, obviously um, had a tough situation when, you know, you you end up having to move on from you from your, you know, your quarterback who's been there for a long time and managed to win you a Super Bowl. Um, but really, you know, they, they probably should have won more Super Bowls with with uh, that quarterback while he was there. So um, I really don't feel too bad for him. And um, it's nice that some of the other teams in the division will have a chance moving forward.
0: The Bears are not going to be one of them, though. Uh, no, let so, me- oh, sorry. Let me ask you while we're doing this. Uh, the blazer that the Green Bay coach wore got a lot of positive feedback. How did that look in person?
1: Fan. It looked great. I liked his vibe. Like bald head. He had the nice chinos on. Um, Rock at a sweet jacket. Like I, I'm in for more of that. That that That's always a good look.
0: Another big story. Tame and Lipsy. Two for two from three. Yeah. Anything about that that you feel is sustainable? It looked like he, you know. Rhythm shots from the corner, just as a part of the offense. So it, him playing off the ball, I don't know if that's going to be something that we see a lot of, but he had a couple threes. It's the thing that everybody had talked about all off season. Can Tame and Lipsy become a more reliable shooter? So far, so good.
1: I was hoping you were going to say anything about that stand out to you, because I was going to say, yeah, what, what didn't? It all did. Um, that was really pretty, pretty incredible, in my opinion. Um, to see that from him, i mean think about think about the way he shot last year. no confidence uh in his shot whatsoever and i was I was really blown away by you know him stepping up and taking two different shots the way that he did um and Keeney, how about the form? I was gonna ask you about that.
0: <clears throat> I was gonna ask you about that because it did look like there's a little bit of a hitch in his shot, but I don't really care what it looks like as long as it goes in the hoop.
1: It's, it's a little smoother than it was last year, but I would agree. There's still maybe a small hitch in it, but we've seen that from players over time, and that's not necessarily something that dooms you. So um, in reality, I was still very impressed with how he played. Um, and on the other end of the Lipsy spectrum,
0: back. eight rebounds and seven assists, just an all-around kind of
1: game that he plays. What Would you call that the Tame and Lipsy experience, Kini? at this point?
0: I I'm going to throw out another player comp from the past it was uh like deandre Cain ish i know he's not as big as kane or as physical yeah. as kane but uh every every time you looked at a kane box where would be like 15 points eight rebounds like six assists like he was just consistent over and over
1: and what did kane do right he played defense um i, I actually i kenny i'm uh i'm smelling what you're stepping in here
0: all right uh how about Keyshawn gilbert Seventeen points. He actually, well, okay, no, Mom Chilly led the team in points, but Gilbert was the transfer that started seventeen points, six of thirteen from the field. He looked like the guy who was maybe like best prepared to step up right away. What do you think about uh, Gilbert's game?
1: Pretty blown away with it, really, Kenny. Uh, he looks okay. This is Kenny. This is. <sighs> Very unscientific of me, and I apologize in advance.
0: I'm sure our listeners are going to be upset about that. No science, uh, yes, involved they're,
1: they're, they're used to science from us. Um, he looks like a Big 12 GARP, he's got athleticism. Um, I originally going into the season wasn't sure, you know, if was he a wing, like what position did he play? Um, but no, he, he's just super impressive. Um, and the way he rebounds, he's got handles. I put that out on Twitter. Um, he really he, um, moves with the dribble incredibly well. Um, shook shook people loose a few different times, which I thought was really, really fun to see. Was able to attack, right, and get to the rim, which um, always need more of that. Could have used a lot more of that last year. Seems very confident. Seems very comfortable. He seems like just a you know, a terrific player.
0: Yeah, when you say Big 12 guard, I think we can all picture in our heads like there's a certain level of physicality to that because you've got to be kind of old and you got to be ready to take a beating if you're going to play in the Big 12. And yeah, he looks the part. Uh, One last thing we should talk about with the basketball game is uh, Omaha Balu. only played 13 minutes. He was in foul trouble. Four points, one rebound, one assist. I think people were a little bit underwhelmed by what he did. What did you think... Be you know because from my perspective he just looked pretty raw and not really sure what he should be doing out there yet.
1: I would agree he looked like a what can you like a freshman um looked like someone that you know probably didn't get as much time spent with the program over the summer someone like it's it's really gonna take a little bit to see him get acclimated but I think his 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 raw tools are certainly impressive enough.
0: And right now if he's gonna be like our seventh or eighth best player what a luxury it is to have our seventh or eighth best player be a mcdonald's all-american five-star freshman top 10 recruit who's in the first round of every nba mock draft out there
1: correct um i think you're gonna have to be a little patient with him Uh, quite frankly i think that's all what we want there's really nothing we need from him right now um with, with the way that this team is playing um so I think you've got time to, to let him develop and and kind of get comfortable and, and in my opinion Kenny that's the that's the good news in all this. So that's just the way that I see it. I think we'll see a lot more from him um as the season goes on. He gets more comfortable, but clearly he looked a little looked a little nervous um looked a little uncomfortable maybe in his first game, which is understandable.
0: Yeah, this team's just so so talented they've got so many guys who are capable of playing and like contributing so be really interesting to see i guess how this non-conference goes because we're going to need to develop some rotations we're going to need to figure out like who can play who we can trust in a big moment and we're not going to get a lot of chances to really see that against the schedule but uh while we're figuring that out i don't know we just got a bunch of dudes that can play and you know, it's a good problem to have maybe having too many guys that could be in your rotation.
1: Right. How about that?
0: I mean, it's not something we could say about the first couple of odds teams.
1: Well, just look at last year's squad, right? Like that was clearly not a luxury that they had whatsoever. Um, so I will I will take it, Keeney. Um, let's just let's just say that.
0: All right. You know what I will not take, though, is Bob Jones mm-hmm. slander. Well, the Bob Jones experience, you know, it I I think it was uh, Gookin that said it on Twitter. Like, you might not you might not like it, but it's going to happen. So you might as well embrace it. That's the Bob Jones experience. And I I don't think anything sums up Bob Jones better than just, hey, he's out there and he's going to do his thing. So uh, I the the one I don't even know how to describe how he made that first shot as soon as he got in there. He had the sort of and one that looked like he sort of threw it behind his head and it somehow went in the hoop and then he bricked the free throw after it. So that's that's Bob Jones to a T. Uh,
1: pretty amazing. Uh, I love the way he keeps breaking free throws. But in all seriousness, Kenny, I really do appreciate his energy, his leadership. Um, it's just nice that you're not going to need him to have to do some of the things that he did last year, right? Which was probably too much at times. And I think you saw that with, the way that uh, Trey King continues to, to develop. And by the way, Hassan Ward looks way bigger, uh, still has soft hands. I, it looks like he's going to be a really nice player this year.
0: Yeah. We're, we're just going to look back at Bob Jones like five years from now and, and just be like, Hey, you remember that guy? Everybody hated him, but uh, you know, he, he was a lot better than we gave him credit for. So yeah, the Bob Jones experience. But uh, the other thing I'm not going to take is too much positivity on this podcast, because we should talk about what happened in Jack Trice stadium on Saturday night. Right. I think we have to. Would you like to begin by slandering John Heacock for the defensive performance?
1: How could I not? Matt, I got to tell you, I, I think we need to
0: start by giving Kansas a lot of credit because I did not think that quarterback was capable of standing back there and picking apart our defense. And he hit some really big throws. So I think we got to begin there. Uh, very obvious, Jeremiah Cooper not playing made a big impact. The secondary just wasn't the same without him. Uh, Kansas had a great game plan too. They they knew what they wanted to do. Took us forever to get going. Did you feel at any point like Iowa State was really going to come back and win the game?
1: Um, what, what when we juicy wiggle?
0: Yeah, that, that I mean fair? that was pretty electric. I got to say
1: probably the only time um what a weird game kitty uh what the heck happened in that first half
0: you see if everyone's like oh wow you know shield house he just kind of turtled and you know went back to what we were doing early in the year i don't know if i really agree with that it just we couldn't execute plays and even with that we were still in the game The you know, the kick return that got called out early. That that's the thing that everybody is fired up about, and and rightfully so, because we didn't score any points on that drive. But you know, yeah, if you if you play that game differently and that play counts the way it should have, and we have the ball in the one-yard line, you're down like 14 to 7 at halftime. So it 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 was obvious we were starting slow. I just I didn't think it was anything play calling wise. I thought we just didn't execute very well and still yeah, went I half time feeling like we're not that far out of the game yet.
1: I think I agree. I think my take key is going to make, maybe make some people upset. Maybe it's hot. Maybe it's fiery. Kenny, I, I, we, we for sure didn't execute. It's very hard to win a game with what a pick six and. Oh, um, I forgot
0: about that. Yeah. I actually, the worst
1: play is a cyclone. I actually did not get to see that, thankfully. I uh we decided to take our kids in for the first quarter, but it was late enough, they were getting squirrely, so we left. So, thankfully, I was spared from having to watch that debacle. Um, but Keeney, um, it felt like whether, whether it's because Lifehold was desperate enough or He's a better coach. I'm not sure which is the you know actually the case. Maybe it is some of both, but they were bolder, and it seemed like they kind of counter moved us. So the move to come out and try to run the ball. I look we we talked about that on a podcast last week, right? That they were maybe going to try to slow that game down. In general, that's a great way to beat high powered offenses. It's how we've beat Oklahoma in the past. Um, Clearly we held that Kansas defense down uh, a year ago, but that assumption was, I think maybe a touch flawed. Um, It did not work in this game um, for, you know, there's, there's various reasons. Um, But I think the, the biggest one is Kansas was expecting it. That's how, that's how it looked to me. It's like their game plan was, we're going to bank on Iowa state wanting to come out and slow us down. We are going to counter. And seemed like they did that to us, Kenny. really the entire game go and look no further than you know the the big the big drive where we get it back to three points, everyone's thinking, okay this game is this game's over we we're, we're juicy wiggling we're gonna come back and win, and what do they do? They go for the deep shot that late in the you know at that point in the game, a lot of teams are like, all right, let's just get a few first downs and 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 you know try to Try to keep moving and you know eventually this this will work out in our favor. Um, no, what do they do? They take a deep shot, like second play. Same thing late in that game. Most teams are just including Iowa State on those two third downs, are just gonna curl up, take the loss, hope their defense can stop them. Yes, our offense had been scoring, but it's not like our offense had been electric all game. What do they do, Keeney? They throw twice. Once a call that we just didn't cover on, and another one was a pop pass that was just a terrific call. That's just very, very aggressive play calling. Um, and good coaching. And also they seemed more than willing to pick on our, our guys who were out in the secondary and it worked really well. And not every coach is willing to do that or coaches to do that. So to me, it, it sort of felt like some of those games against Mike Gundy earlier in Campbell's career, just feel like we got out coached.
0: You know what? And I think that's, that's fair, you know, on top of giving the quarterback credit who played really well, you gotta give Lance Leipold a lot of credit. It was last year, yeah, we completely shut their offense down. This year, I guess we gave up 21 points to them, and they did have the pick six on top of that, but they controlled pretty much the entire game. Um I also oh, felt like, I, I'm thinking about that like six again, too. Uh, I just, feel
1: like they knew they couldn't run Keeney, and they were like, you know what? That's fine. We'll just we'll just pass the ball. Um and and I think in order for that to work, Bean had to have time and he really did get time. I think outside of all things we talked about, Keeney, the three factors that I saw that are probably controllable is continued, you know, lack of pressure on the quarterback to, I don't know what our offensive line was doing for like two and a half quarters of that game, but Rocco was legit running for his life and got sacked multiple times. That is not something we have seen really Keeney at any point this season, even against Oklahoma. Um, So that was a bit perplexing. And then um, I think three, uh, I I just – that offense, I understand the mindset, right, of wanting to come out and run. I just – I still think at times what we do on first and second down is a little too predictable, and we sort of fell into that trap early in the game. And that I understand, right, that first drive, you get a first down, it looks different. Uh, We've been running the ball so much better the last four or five games – there was no way to know that it just wasn't going to work as well this game. Um but those those two things I think are correctable, um pretty easy spots to identify. That and, you know, a miscommunication leading to a pick six, you just can't have that. Not not for, not with this team. So, um disappointed, we were, yes, but like I totally understand why we lost. This is not like this is perplexing. I don't get it. We played a perfect game and still somehow got beat. It's pretty clear why they lost and I think that they can they can correct it.
0: Yeah, it really felt like we got started slow, especially running the ball, but it really felt like in the second half we were running the ball quite a bit better. So when I look at the numbers, I mean, we we only had 75 rushing yards, I guess. Rocco's sack yards are, are factored into that. But Eli Sanders, 57 yards, four yards of carry, scored a touchdown. Cartavius Norton, it, it just kind of felt like we were running the ball better in the second half of that game. Um, mm-hmm. Is it possible that we just overrated our team a little bit because you know we had won the three games but then you look back like okay tcu tcu looks rough uh and then we beat cincinnati and baylor two teams that are at the bottom of the conference right now
1: totally agree i mean the oklahoma state win has obviously aged fantastically well um but really outside of that i i tend to agree with you um i do think that we maybe also underrated Kansas a bit. They're probably better than we gave them credit for. Um, I think that's I think that's pretty clear. Uh, which what a job Leipold has done in his short time there. You just kind of have to tip your cap to him. Um, I am a little nervous, Keeney going forward. We've you know we didn't look all that stellar against Baylor, and I would say we followed that back up with another you know subpar performance in this game. However that second half was really encouraging, right? That was, that was really, that was good football for the most part. So do you give up that big touchdown? If your secondary guys are healthy, probably not. So I'm a little less worried for that reason.
0: And it sounds like Cooper might be on track to play on Saturday. Then again, you know, with Matt Campbell, you never know, but.
1: Yeah. He could have a leg amputated for all we know.
0: Yeah. He might play Saturday. Might mean that, you know, he is just getting off of his deathbed. So, you know, but, you know, when we say we o- might have overrated Iowa State a little bit, it that's not a bad thing. Like, we're clearly a top half of the Big 12 type of team. And everybody all offseason said, oh, you know, this is a team. They're going to be the worst team in the Big 12 by far. That might be the worst Power 5 team. Their ceiling is three wins. Their floor is going 0-12. And, and, like, clearly we're better than that. But we're also not at the level where we can compete for a Big 12 championship yet. We're not supposed to be. You know, we – what was a preseason win total in Vegas was like five or five and a half. So we're kind of there still have an opportunity to exceed expectations. Uh, Saturday's our opportunity, I think, to to block down that bull bid. I do not feel good about home against Texas or at Kansas State at this point. I don't know about you, Matt. I, I do like that we get Texas at night, but Texas, I, I do have to give them some credit. Still pretty good. So yes, they are. how how are we feeling about bull prospects right now?
1: I think Keeney, BYU is a bit of a mess. And that's got to be encouraging. Um, and I think that's what gives me optimism that they can get to it on Saturday. And let, let the chips fall where they may.
0: Yep. So BYU, their last home conference game is against Texas Tech, and they won 27-14. But... Other than that, they've scored 13 total points in the last two weeks, you know? Yep. Slovis, their quarterback, is apparently a question mark if he'll play this weekend.
1: That, I don't think he will from what I've gathered, but what do I know?
0: Mean? You'd have to think that bodes well for us if we get Jeremiah Cooper back. You know, that's a backup quarterback against a really good secondary. I don't know, Vegas really seems to think that we're going to win the game pretty handily. The only thing I guess I would say is maybe a concern is the body clock factor since the game is going to kick off at nine fifteen locally here. Well, big 12 after dark action. I don't know. Is mm-hmm. that something that you're worried about at all?
1: No, the coaches say they're not worried that I wouldn't tell us one way or the other either, but I don't think it will be a huge deal. They just played another night game. Um, I think, I think, uh, I think it's something they can manage.
0: Now, if you listen to our athletic, if you listen to our athletic director, you know, this night game is, is something to be excited about because we can all crack a beer and watch it on TV that's at right. night. Yeah. I uh, definitely couldn't do something like that in the stadium though, but uh, of course not. Yeah. On your own late night football, that's, uh, that's all you, you know,
1: that's just doing that key. way you may. Are you insinuating uh, something happened today?
0: It, it might've something that, that got a lot of people upset. And, and I think rightfully so. Mm. So, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, I feel like maybe, I don't know if there's a whole lot more to say about football. It was just, it was a disappointing Saturday night. So much anticipation oh, okay. going into the game. Can we, were talk about the,
1: can we talk day. about the day of the game? How about that?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, the vibes were basically at an all-time high.
1: All-time high. I agree. So. U- uniforms. Great weather. Could watch football all day.
0: Really fun I'm day to in the Big 12, by the way. Uh, Oklahoma State yeah. playing Bedlam was awesome. Kansas Did you, State, I
1: didn't get to watch that game, Kenny. Did you get to watch it? I didn't,
0: but, you know, I I still bet on Oklahoma State, even though I didn't get to watch the game because I, I knew they had to do it. But uh, I want to ask you about the Kansas State-Texas game. So Kansas State goes for it on fourth and goal in overtime, down three, instead of trying for the tying field goal. Did you like the call? Did you like the
1: decision to do that? I liked the decision. Um, I also liked the outcome because screw Kansas State.
0: Even even though it gave Texas the win, you're still going to hold on to that? You know they're not our rival again. Uh, according to our athletic director, Kansas State's not our rival.
1: I know. Um, yes, I, do, I did still like it. I'm going to be fun for... Them outgoing to like win like prove that they could win a natty without having to like leave a conference and then promptly go and leave a conference and probably never have a chance to get back to 21. I think that'd be kind of funny.
0: I don't think that'd be funny at all. I gotta be honest. I'd much rather them lose their last three games. So
1: different perspectives, I I guess. Agree to agree to disagree.
0: Yeah. Uh, I guess we could talk about the conference scheduling because that came out last week after we recorded. And obviously the big thing is the fact that Farmageddon is not a protected rivalry. Really? I think the big 12 dropped the ball here. And the fact that there are basically no protected rivalries in the whole conference. So yeah, that could Holy, be better. The Holy war, obviously Arizona, Arizona state. Yep. That makes sense. Kansas, Kansas state, I guess. And then, you know, TCU Baylor makes absolutely no sense why of all the games they chose to protect, they went with that one. Uh, what do you think about Iowa State's, I guess, set up for the next couple years with opponents?
1: Um, I mean, it could, be get- it could be better, couldn't it?
0: I think obviously just the fact that we don't have anything protected and we're not alone in that. I, I don't understand that at all from the Big 12's perspective.
1: I, I they must have really thought there's no way to protect any of these protected ones, right? That's the only ex- explanation.
0: It just seems like there was a really simple way to do this with the three three or three six six scheduling, where you play three opponents every single year. You play half the other teams one year, and then half the other teams the next year. That. It seems really cut and dry to do that. I I don't know how any of these super conferences haven't gone to that, but I would have loved for the Big 12 to be the one because, I don't know, I think one of the things that makes the Big 12 stand out, you know, we're not TV draws, but our stadiums are always full, and we're really passionate about the teams that we play. If Iowa State's going to play Oklahoma State, Kansas, and Kansas State every single year, that's three games where you're guaranteed to get a lot of fan engagement and a full stadium where – I don't know if you can make that same promise about Arizona state coming to Jack Trice stadium.
1: No, unfortunately not. But I think we're just going to have to give the devil his due here for the next. What can six years? That's the price of surviving. Doesn't mean I have I to guess. like it. Cause I don't like it, but
0: I guess, you know, we, we're playing three out of four years against these teams. It's just, I don't know. It's going to be so weird not having Kansas State on the schedule for a year. Literally the longest uninterrupted series in college football right now. Going to be uh, taking a one-year hiatus just just kind of because uh, you know a bunch of greedy people decided, let's put this weird conglomeration of schools together because that's, I don't know, somehow a better TV product.
1: I did think it was fascinating, Keeney, that um, Jamie did mention... Um, I guess I, I'm not sure I saw it this way that I was thought that Texas kind of badged everyone into getting the long Run network created, but it was ESPN that approached them and said, we will give you this if you stay in the big 12, because we don't want to lose you to Fox. So you can make the argument that all of this stuff started all the way back in um, what was that, 2008, 2009 uh, with that move. So um, we can thank, them for wanting to bolt for getting to where we are now. How fun is that?
0: See, that was actually a legitimately interesting thing that I learned today that I did not know before is that basically that was a concession so that ESPN could still broadcast Texas games. And then they ended up saying, well, how about we exclusively have Texas because we're going to have the SEC only, you know, I, I still feel like they're pretty much mostly responsible for, the super conference era, I, I feel like the UCLA and USC, the Big Ten thing, that was just Fox's counter to it. And I, I still I know that you know it's kind of the the deal that you make with the devil and doing business with ESPN, but they worked behind the scenes to to try and get the Big Twelve to to collapse and steal Oklahoma and Texas away and, and leave us for dead. And then, you know, we just managed to survive. And and I guess that's the price of survival, but Um, that's the, that's the only interesting thing I can say about what, what Jamie had to say on the radio. Other than that, he's done some very good things for Iowa state, but man, his stance on like alcohol in the stadium, it's always going to confound me. It'll never make sense.
1: Yeah. I'm, I think there's, there's probably more than is being let on. Otherwise this decision would be made easier, um, but clearly, we're probably not going to ever learn what that is. So I guess we just have to live with it for now. Don't enjoy yeah. it myself, but seems like we have no choice.
0: Yeah, I just, for all, you know, I feel like there's a counter to every sort of like, oh, I, this is a reason why we shouldn't do this. Well, and, and I think a big one that never gets talked about is, I think if you allow beer sales in the stadium, it's actually going to do more to curtail the binge drinking than you think. Because you don't have people out there in the, in the parking lots thinking, well, I've got like 15 minutes for halftime. I have to drink as many beers as I can because I can't buy them in the stadium. Or you have people in line just, you know, house and beers because they're like, well, I have to get this buzz built up before I go into the stadium because I can't keep it going when I'm in there. I think you might get people to pace themselves a little bit better if you offer it inside.
1: I tend to agree with that statement. Um clearly our ad doesn't right for whatever reason
0: yeah and, and again i f- I feel like this is kind of a a pointless thing i it's just something that we are uh on opposite like we have opposite perspectives of this you know the athletic department and i would say that the common fans the ones that don't sit in the suka end zone seats every single saturday so yeah it is what it is don't get me wrong like I still think we have a great in-stadium experience. I, I think we've done a lot to upgrade the in-stadium experience this year, actually, with the fireworks show and we've got the planned replacement of the soundboard on uh on one of the end zones. So
1: that was uh, that was nice. That was interesting news that they would be uh, upgrading that. I've always thought there's actually like too much too much ad on that board. It's not big enough when you when you throw the two I state logos on there. So that, that is good news. I'm excited to see that. Um, yeah, Kenny, I think I think they can beat BYU. I don't think it's that, it's that hard. I don't think we have to overthink it. They just need to go in and play a solid game, and that's a game that they should be able to win. Is that how you see it? I,
0: I sure hope so. I'm so nervous about this game, and maybe it's just my bias about BYU. I, I just think of them as being this team full of grown men that just kind of bully people, even though that's not how – their move to the big 12 is gone at all.
1: No, for sure. Um, I agree that that's really not how that's, that's really not how it's gone. Uh, I think Iowa state will, will uh, be able to get a win on the road um, and get to six wins and put us in Shreveport against who knows who
0: Jacksonville state, because not enough teams win six games. Jacksonville state, one of our teams, I think
1: against rich rod. It is, they are a wagon. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, Matt, usually we have more to talk about, but I, I think we kind of summarized everything we were looking for. Uh, do you have anything nice to say about the Josh Dobbs experience as a Vikings fan?
1: Well, how fun has that been? Come on, my guy, Josh Dobbs.
0: Yeah, um, your, your guy officially now. Do you think Josh Dobbs is the the best quarterback that could go into a situation where he doesn't know the plays or his teammates and still play well?
1: I would agree. I mean... He really doesn't get a whole lot of respect, Keeney. I think he was like 19th in PFF before the Vikings picked him up. And he's always been, you know, certainly not spectacular, but he's been solid. And I give them credit for making a move to find, you know, somebody that they thought could help him. And he's responded well to it. Um, Also, his running ability is not something the Vikings have had in a long time. And that's kind of fun to see. Uh, I know how you Bears fans feel with uh, Justin Fields.
0: How do I feel about Justin Fields? You, you want to enlighten question. me on
1: that? How would you like to feel about Justin Fields?
0: I'd like him to be the guy, even though right now he's just my guy. And that's a very important distinction. We got two first round picks coming up, though. And if if we don't get the number one pick, I got to be honest, it's almost a relief because we'll let someone else decide if they are really going to take Caleb Williams at number one. And then we just take whoever doesn't go there. Uh, you know, if it's Drake may or if Drake may ends up being the number one pick, I think if we take Caleb Williams at number two, no, one's ever going to bat an eye at it. So
1: no, no. Nope. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you, at le- you at least played the game, right. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You could be Minnesota, right. And stuck in this limbo and, is Josh Dobbs now your guy? Is Kirk going to want to come back on a reduced deal? Nobody knows. I mean, I think it's the NFL. You're not going to get a good pick anyway. You might as well see if something goofy can happen in the playoffs and uh, leave it at that.
0: Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Making the playoffs is better than not making the playoffs. I,
1: I'm a fan of that every time. That's correct. All right. Anything else from you? Uh, ladies started with a win against Butler, a uh, lot of freshmen, Emily Ryan, not playing. Um, it'll be a fun season, probably lots of ups, probably lots of downs, but um, we'll be talking about them plenty as the season gets going for sure.
0: Right. I am working on getting a preview set up for that. Our sort of annual talk with Connor Ferguson from Cyclone Fanatic uh, behind the scenes, you know, Matt, I sent him a DM. I said, are you still covering the women's team this year? And he said, well, it's a time for our annual preview. And I'm like yes it is. So, we'll we'll work out a time for that. Uh maybe it almost works a little better to say hey, where are we like a two or three games in with all the freshmen cuz yesterday I didn't get to watch the game. I was at work and I don't I didn't really know who these uh who these players were that were going to be playing especially with Emily Ryan out. So, once we get to know some of the players a little bit, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the the women's team. I guess we should finish up with a quick baseball minute because seismic moves in Major League Baseball yesterday.
1: Um, yeah, Mr. Cubs fan, take it away.
0: All right. I
1: I feel like I need to start by saying
0: I really like David Ross as a guy, and I'll never forget the contributions that he made to the 2016 team. And with that said, the guy was not a very good Major League Baseball manager. So it was a move that I think Extremely necessary. It it tells me a lot about where the the Cubs organization thinks they are because they got a lot of young kids that are going to be coming up that are extremely talented or at least really well regarded. They're the Cubs. You know, they print money, so they're hopefully willing to go spend some. And Craig Council is a really good Major League Baseball manager. So uh, the last time they did this, it was to go get Joe Madden off the street they uh they fired their guy. I, I don't like this whole thing of hire announcing the hire of the new guy before you announce the firing of the old guy. That does that really rubs me the wrong way. But if the end result is another World Series, I, I think I can live with it.
1: Yeah. Um big manager managerial hire. Um I was impressed. I was surprised I think I think I think most people were by that news. Um, I never would have tagged the Cubs
0: as the team that would break the market for managerial salary, too. They gave counsel the biggest contract by quite a wide margin for how much he's going to make as a
1: manager. And it makes sense.
0: Sure. There's no salary yeah. cap in baseball. There's no salary cap on what you pay your coaches. So, you know, why not?
1: It seems to me like it's a clarification, right, that they intend to, quote unquote, go for it, as the people say. As a Cubs fan, I think you got to love that.
0: As well, they should. You know, they should have been going for it for really the last few years. They they spent like two and a half seasons pretending that they were poor and had to behave like a small market team when they never did. And last year, I think, was at least enough of a wake-up call to say, hey, we've got talent on this roster. They should have made the playoffs. They should have been in the Diamondback spot in the playoffs, which – Definitely means they would have made a run to the world series. I, I think that's a one for one sub, but they've, I guess they've done enough for ownership to to decide they should go for it, which cool. Good for me. Should have been doing this a long time ago. I will be ready to renew my marquee sports network subscription in April of next year. How about that?
1: That sounds great. Keeny. I'm excited for you. Um, I jokingly said Cubs fan need counseling. This isn't the type of counseling I thought they needed. Um, and it, all jokes aside, it's fun when baseball's fun. So I can't wait for you guys to be good and be a playoff team again next year. All right, Cubs. Uh, I'm, pu- I'm putting it. I'm putting it out there right now.
0: Could probably get a good number on a Cubs Twins World Series matchup next year. Just saying.
1: I would love that personally, King. How do we make this happen? The by the way, the Twins. If you want a little baseball minute on the Twins they have an interesting offseason ahead of them um, they've extended a few a few options on players i, I wasn't sure would be back um, but that I understand why they resigned and I had some big free agency so they have never been very big spenders from a money perspective so I'll be very curious to see what type of cash they do decide to spend uh, if anything and I mean they they were They had great pitching. They were just bats away. So we'll see if they can address that. Um, They also have a ton of young guys coming up. So maybe they'll just surrender to the youth movement and um, see where it takes them. So it'll be an interesting offseason for the twins too.
0: Where does Correa fit into that? Is he still under contract for next year?
1: He is, I think for two more years. Um, They need him to play better. He was hurt basically all year and essentially had one of his worst seasons of his career. And then, of course, he gets to the postseason and he turns back into Babe Ruth. So they need a, a, a season of health from him. They need to figure out a few other contract situations and try to sign a number two arm and then probably go after at least a couple bats. They, they need more power and more consistency at the plate. Um, but they should be good again. The, the division is down right now, and it looks like it's the Twins uh, to run for the next couple seasons.
0: It kind of feels like baseball is having a moment. Um...
1: Yeah, it's back in the consciousness a little bit. How about that?
0: A little bit. Yeah. I'm excited to see what the Cubs do. So uh, I think we'll go ahead and leave the light cast there. Thank you everybody for indulging us on the Cubs and the twins. I know that's everybody's favorite topic to talk about here in early November. Uh, I have a challenge for our listeners too. I think I would like this episode to have more downloads than people that showed up to Carver Hawkeye arena for uh, the Iowa men's home opener. Did you see any pictures of that?
1: Kini, I actually have not. Well, how bad was
0: it? It looked like we're talking literal hundreds of people that showed up.
1: That is hilarious, Kini. Yeah. The crowd, the crowd in uh, Hilton last night, it wasn't full, but the student section darn near was, which is crazy for a first game, and it was a good crowd. Like it was a it was a nice sized crowd. Um, man, what do you that that pro that basketball program is just in purgatory, Kini.
0: Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's keep it going, fans. I know we play Lindenwood. Let's get excited. So, Key, trivia
1: fun trivia. Do you know where Lindenwood is?
0: I actually do know where they are. They're in St. Louis.
1: That is correct.
0: I you. did. I did live in St. Louis for a short period of time a couple years ago. So, yes, Lindenwood down there. Uh, Washington University in St. Louis was another one that was uh, close by to where I lived. But yeah, there you go. I
1: can answer your trophy Bro.
0: question by so, random.
1: I feel like I hit you with one of those uh, about once a month. So uh, well done by you.
0: All right. Well, then uh, I am going to end the light cast on a high note. How's that sound? Go Cyclones. That sounds great. Let's, uh, let's get to six win this
1: weekend. Let's get to the first responders bowl.